It is early in the 21st century. On the planet Earth, a handful of powerful media conglomerates are releasing high-profile entertainment franchises with the aim of ensnaring the attention of the huddled masses. A select few come forward in an attempt to examine, quantify, and make sense of this constant feed of high-concept genre entertainment. They are the geeks of the round table. This is their waffle. Welcome in, welcome in, travellers. Uh, you have come to the station of the final show on What If. This will be the first series that the Geeks of the Roundtable have uh, finished discussing in its entirety. And uh, what a mighty Marvel animated feast it was, or was not, for that is the purpose of this show. I am Leo, one of the 80s kids. Uh, and I am joined tonight by not an 80s kid. I'm pretty much presuming you're not an 80s kid, Derek. I think you're a 90s kid. Am I right in that? I am a 90s kid. Yay, there we go. I knew. I knew. And you're not one of those fake 90s kids, are you? It wasn't 98 or 99, was it? I'm saying mid. <laughs> yeah, I was I was born in 92. <laughs> 92, there we go. Pretty Early. Clo- Early pretty, pretty close to the beginning. A fine vintage, yes, of course, Derek Crow joining me tonight to discuss Marvel's What If. Well, what a roller coaster ride it has been. After a strong yes, beginning, yeah. although, to be fair, I say a strong beginning. What I mean is a no- beginning that was kind of by the numbers um, and did all the right things and said all the right things. Like the interviewee, if you were interviewing for a job, coming in and managing to sit down, shake your hand, you know, answer politely, you know, how was your journey here, all of that. And then when you got down to the nitty gritty, we got those three, three episodes in the middle where zombies came up and that was fine. But apart from that, it was a little bit shaky. Did they recover? Um, and they did a bit recover. Let's start with Party Thor. That's going to cheer us up, surely. I loved. I did love Party Thor. I thought Party Thor it's was such good. a fun episode. It was a very much a fun episode. Um, and continued the. Uh, what I love, I love. Uh, one of the things I love most about any episode uh, that features extended sequences of Captain Marvel is that it reminds all the incels in the world. But it doesn't matter how many false rumours they spread about Brie Larson being toxic on set. She's going nowhere and Marvel have her back. Uh, and that yeah. cheers me up just by itself. So there we go. Uh, but then, of course, we also had the wonder of Thor uh, doing Las Vegas, which uh, which was uh, also also excellent. And then fighting Captain Marvel and, and kind of losing. It was kind of a... You'd call it a draw, probably. Yeah, know. it's one of the first uh, fights we've had in the MCU where it feels like a Dragon Ball team fight. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, very good. I'm, 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 to be fair, my son, and now you'd think, you know, what if five-year-old would just about be 
liking it, but actually he's shown no interest until the very end. And he really liked Party <laughs> Thor. Uh, so he was watching that. And he he was very puzzled by uh, who was the good guy. Was it Thor? Was it Captain Marvel? What was going on? So uh, we're giving him some early morality lessons there with that because he just didn't know who he was supposed to be cheering for. I'm going to apologize to the viewers now. I got a really busy day ahead of me, so I accidentally double-booked my mouth and I'm currently eating breakfast right now. All right, okay. I'll keep talking then. I'm very good it's at talking. Been a, it's, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a rough day today. But... Yeah. Oh, no. I, well, I, to take a, a brief tangent into, into... The good thing is that on 80s Kids, we made this vow. We have to actually do special episodes called Metasodes where we don't talk about the things that we talk about in the main show because we took a vow that in the main show we would never just take a tangent into talking about random stuff um, right. which we've stuck to by the simple expedient of not counting any show where we exclusively talk about random stuff as an actual episode that counts as part of the run um, like and this is a normal podcast and so we're at or you know show stroke podcast which means that i can just go off on one if i want and i will say this week was particularly hard so i think you're not alone a lot of people were finding this week a struggle i particularly ran into the weeds from wednesday through to friday and it was so bad um just having to do all this stuff that we don't usually have to do and we haven't to count for much more activity that although I didn't really do that much on Friday all I did on Friday was recover from Wednesday and Thursday it was uh, a bad week let's put it that way so uh, yeah um, so yes yeah and in the middle of all of that in the middle of all of that we got that last episode of What If which we will come to later but in the meanwhile Party Thought God I mean there's not really, actually, ironically, for such a like, such a strong and amazing, you know, more Howard the Duck. Who doesn't want that? Uh, you know, all of this stuff. Um, there's not much to say about it because it was just. Uh, I think it cleaved as close to perfect as I think these things get, which is going to make for very interesting. If if everyone else agrees, is going to make for very interesting metrics for the writing team for the next season of What If because I don't think that they were thinking that Party Thor was going to be quite such the hit that, that possibly it has been I don't know, I don't know anyone who complained well, about Party Thor I don't think, I I haven't heard much complaining about Party Thor um, I think I think what, what was so fun about it is it was a good palate cleanser because every episode almost every episode leading up to it was sort was really dire in some way and Party Thor was ba really the first and kind of the only episode this season where it was just fun. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and I do think I do think there is that thing where um, maybe someone should have brought up in the uh, and and I think to be fair, we see why uh, not why Party Thor was so much fun. Ironically, no idea slipped through they just couldn't not do it um i guess because all the others um and particularly you know your problematic like 
uh, Let's Fridge the Woman Doctor Strange episode. That it turns out, you know, spoilers, everyone. Although, of course, you know that Roundtable is a fully spoiler-full uh, listening experience. And it was all in service of of the their big finish that I think they were, you know, unreasonably proud of. And I use the word unreasonably, advisedly, uh, and they, they, you know, advisedly, even not advisably, but probably both, um, because. Because actually, yeah, when you, all the, I mean, in a sense, therefore, what Party Thor does for us is it says, hey, imagine that you'd up until this point had six other stories, some of which could be like downbeat endings, some of which could be like, you know, weird, like just sort of. Well, I mean, I think they did sort of try and do this, but it ended up with far more of them having sort of downbeat endings. And possibly the ratio called for. If they'd had another one that was just, you know, silly, uh, then that would have been good. I, th- I guess their attempt at that was Chalice Star Lord. Um, and then, of course, you've got zombies. Well, they never turn out well, do they? Doctor Strange, that seemed a bit dire. Uh, Killmonger, that had to go downhill. Um, Captain Carter, well, you know, had all the pathos of Captain America. I mean, they, they just sort of... It, it, I think maybe they could have erred on the side of having more fun with it up to that point, really. I, I, I think they actually... And you're right, the, uh, the Star yeah. Lord one was fun, but it wasn't, it wasn't fun in the same way that Mark No, it was, it was, well, like I said at the time, and I haven't changed my opinion on this, it was, uh, let's make uh, actual Star Lord, canon Star Lord, feel really bad about his life choices half hour. Um, it's a little bit like you know uh, they hauled Loki over to make him into a TVA agent and showed him you know how terrible he'd been. Uh, but when they hauled Star Lord over to the TVA, they just showed him that to break his spirit. Like really, really, someone else could have been me much more successfully than I was. How awful! How awful! Uh, yeah, I mean that's and and then Thor. I mean that's the that's the real thing. That's what makes this uh, one so fun. If they'd pulled Thor over to the TVA and then shown him what he'd been up to, being a hero, having Loki as a proper brother, and all of this kind of stuff, I think he'd have been like, yeah, no, I'm I'm happy where I am, thanks. And I think that's probably what was missing from the uh, from the other episodes is the idea that you know maybe someone else was having a good time without all of the drama and that was fine I agree with that it extended into him being such a third wheel in that last episode so yeah now I think we're probably going to have to dispense with the good times and go straight to that two part finisher um which I felt was problematic uh, to the extent where I'm going to interrupt your breakfast, Derek, and say, have at it. You know, I mean, because the last two episodes are a two-parter, so feel free to range across the two. Uh, but but how, how did you feel about this finale? Uh, well, it sounds like you and I are going to have differing opinions. So I'm not sure what's going to be most problematic yet, but I'm sure you'll understand what it is. But uh, I like them. What I 
uh, I didn't expect it to be more of a two-parter finale. Um, I liked uh, seeing what would happen if Ultron won. Uh, I liked his design quite a bit with Vision and the Ultron armor. Uh, and I liked his fight with the Watcher. Now, there's a lot of uh, questions that come up with both of those characters if you think too, too hard about everything that you've seen up until this point, uh, especially when you get to the finale. Uh, but I'm trying not to uh, just like and enjoy a little more. Uh, I like seeing all these different characters come together. Um, even if some of them got more time than others uh, in the fi- in the final moments, uh, and I just thought it was a lot of fun. And I thought, and I was, I, I personally was happy with the ending. Though I probably would have liked more of two separate, like two very separate stories versus. Uh, two that are combined together, if that makes sense, especially since it was also yeah. they also combine it with the end of the Party Thor episode, though again, doesn't line up too much if you think too hard about it. But I personally was kind of surprised. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'm not, I'm not one to harp on plot holes, I know they exist, uh, and and I just feel that the usual care and attention, and it's it's possible, and I'm not saying that this is definitely the case, but it's possible that because this was an animated show, that the usual due diligence on not doing stuff that just makes you go, now hang on, just a minute here, was uh, was too bad because they 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 sort of. Uh, sidetracked backtrack beat around the issue that uh, i thought was very a neat and tidy bow around the idea that each universe in the multiverse had its own set of infinity stones and they only work there um i mean the tva i mean then people have now re canonized it because of query by example that in fact all the infinity stones merely turn into paperweights in the tva which exists outside of any universe but like at the point where you start to think well no hang on that doesn't this no i know because essentially every universe does have its own set of infinity stones um and if they work across universes then and there's that many universes then you eventually get to a point where you think well couldn't like you know several people have some infinity gauntlets made up of stuff you know a set of infinity gauntlets made up of stones and then some universes are they lost their infinity stones or one or two because you don't have to bring them all from the same other universe it, 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 it's it's too much it's too much and just they wanted a neat kind of multiversal throwdown um and and i don't know if i think if they'd searched their hearts 
They would have been like, we need to have some other reason why this can happen uh, other than, oh, he's got some Infinity Stones. He can just take them from universe to universe. And he's Ultron, and it'll all be fine. Because I was like, no, this makes my head hurt now. Because it, it might not be cool for the end of your flashy animated series, but having the Infinity Stones instantly depower the minute they lose, they they leave their original universe keeps them at exactly the right power level for everything else we've seen up until then. Making them work across the multiversal barriers was like, mm, this makes me itchy. Uh, and, and this kind of seriously undermined my enjoyment of the end of the thing. It was like, I, I, I think like the creators got way too wrapped up in this idea of, uh, you know, Ultron, Ultron Prime. You know, it just... It was, yeah, it was not... It was not for me, uh, you know, and and not only that, but I could also see, you know, if it ever becomes a problem, which it probably swiftly will become a problem, I don't like the fact that they are really, re I can feel in my bones that they are ready to just sweep all that aside to go, well, what if it was like a cartoon project, you know, it's like, well, what was the point then? Like, if you're just going to do that, what was the point? That's my, I mean, I, I, it's not usually my thing to worry about these things, but this is too big, in my opinion, of a story rule to establish. You know, like, there's this one place in the multiverse, it's outside of space and time, where these things that can seriously screw shit up don't work. And other than that, I mean... That guy in Loki, I know it was somewhat of a throwaway gag, but the genius of that Loki throwaway gag was that it did very squarely um, set the power level uh, as far as you saw it at that time in that place. And it was like, okay, I understand and we'll accept that right now. And then, you know, nine weeks later, it's like, yeah, forget, forget sort of implication of that because that guy had a desk drawer full of them how many multiversal universes were stripped of or lost one or they're all in this guy's desk drawer at TVA it shouldn't be making me ask a big set of questions about universes and their infinity stones and yet it did I don't, there we go that's that's my that's my that's my oh that's my dead cat. I've thrown it onto the, the round table. <laughs> what an analogy! <coughs> it's, well, it's you know it's the oh. thing. It's, it, it, well, we know a lot about this in the UK at the moment. That I'm not really getting political. I'm just saying it's a political phrase that um, when the government are up to something sneaky, they throw a dead cat on the table for everyone to talk about, so that they, you're not talking about whatever it is they don't want you to talk about. You're too busy talking about the dead cat. And that's that, fascinating. That's... We do not have anything. We, well, I mean, we have stuff like that happening. here. We do not have that analogy here. Um, okay, well, I have several thoughts on all of this. Uh, some which I think may alleviate a little bit, others not so much. Um, so, 
one thing is uh, kind of outside uh, production and all that stuff. Um, on the Disney Plus app, they have What If in their little time order timeline of the Marvel Universe, they have What If stationed directly after Loki, before Falcon the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Um, and my thinking is that these are branches of the timeline that happened after Loki, and in which we see we saw a a uh, short staffed TVA who can't handle all of it, and so these are some of those universes that are uh, breaking free. They're not they're not being patrolled by the TVA because there's just too many of them. Uh, that's my thought process on that. If we want to figure out how it actually fits canon wise to uh, the regular, um, for the Infinity Stones, I think why they, I, I would imagine why they wanted to use the use them for this series is because animation allowed them to really show off what someone who has the Infinity Stones can do, since they clearly had to depower Thanos with them in live action because he just didn't have it. even for even for half of even for two films that were made for a budget of like a billion dollars they still didn't have enough to really show what someone can really do with them so they probably so they probably thought this was the perfect place to showcase it because you got to see all kinds of a lot of different powers that in the comics makes perfect sense here we've never seen here in this universe or this you know franchise we've never seen anyone use them like that so i think that was probably the reason why is uh showing that these stones are still a threat they're not just people and as though i do i don't understand how they work in multiple universes when Ultron says that each set of stones is unique because his soul stone powers the Infinity Crusher but then the Infinity Crusher can't destroy his stone and if they can't destroy because they're from a different universe if it can't destroy his stones why would it also work to power the Infinity Crusher and that's one of those moments where like every argument I could give for how all of this works canonically then breaks down you know yeah i mean i, I think that the you know you could uh i mean i think they didn't i think there is a virtue to the idea that we don't we don't want to bring in another MacGuffin to explain what's going on with ultron uh but at the same time I think to be yeah. I mean, I think at the end we also don't know what you Uatu's origins are yet. Like, if that these are an effect from the brand of reality of Loki, like let's assume they are. Um, then did Uatu meet Kang or Sylvia or Loki and make somehow make a vow with one of them? Are we going to see his origin? in Loki or Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness um, where because if because he also exists 
outside of time alongside where the uh, whatever king, whatever his name was, or king, like they're not in the same space specifically, but it's the same thing. They're both watching the sacred timeline. However, Iwatu's getting to see the multiverse where King trying to stop the multiverse. If that makes sense. And I want to know yeah. if Iwatu came after King? Has he always been around? Have they been aware of each other? How does that work? Because so far, those are two very similar but competing things that we are going to need to explain if this series would be considered completely canon the rest of the live action MCU. Yeah, I mean, I do think that... Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, it's an extremely... It was an extremely risky venture, which uh, I think, you know... they I think they wanted to take the sort of... Uh, mitigate some of the risk by making it animated. You know, because then there are certain people... Who just be like, I'll oh, skip that, it's cartoons. You know, and that's just the way it is. They knew, you know, right. they know it's not going to be as viewed as a, 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 a thing which has more viewers. And, um, you know, I think they are sailing pretty close to the wind with the uh, regards of, you know, stuff falling off the apple cart, which is certainly, they've managed to, to not be that close to it. Uh, They've managed to do things. In fact, that's the thing. When people talk about the worst of the MCU, uh, yes, Thor: The Dark World, we're still looking at you. Um, yeah, it's more a case of it's more a case of. Well, that was a bit underwhelming. Not, not. It's not a case of you know. It's not a case of. Uh, I mean, I've seen people absolutely tied in knots. I've not seen this cinematic. Uh, uh, this work of cinematic joy myself, despite the fact that really uh, there's a lot of things about it I do uh, like, but um, I at the same time acknowledge that I know that what I'm going to see is not going to be something I'm entirely going to be 100. I am, of course, talking about Let There Be Carnage. Um, I did. I mean, it's just it's just the idea of, of a movie directed by Andy Serkis starring Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson and just even though people like repeatedly going I'm going to give this movie a pass it's like you've got Andy Serkis, Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson if you're giving it a pass it didn't deserve the pass that's that's, yeah, that's, that's all there is to that's it that's an all star team of power and look I had more fun with it than I did the first and I'll it is not a good movie. It's a very long margin. Yeah, I mean, that's so. That's the thing. The worst of the MCU has been. Eh, I felt a bit underwhelmed when I came out of that, which is, I think, why some people um, class things like the original Ant Man movie in that because I can see how it's not going to be, for, you know, exciting for everyone. You know, right. and therefore, whenever that happens, that's the worst. Whereas, I think that the vibe I'm getting from the Venom sequel is very much it is in a classier part of the same neighborhood that things like uh, Batman and Robin and Catwoman reside in. 
Yeah, it's like that's actually mind-blowingly. You're, I'm having a struggle with this. You know, I can't. Whereas you don't struggle with with MCU stuff so far. You you just kind of you just kind of go, okay, that wasn't what I was expecting. And honestly, this thing where they're trying to, you know, they're trying to please. I think they're trying to please too many conventions and not do that. Like, I mean, yeah, if if they'd have said that, you know, um, that uh, Ultron had had gained a look inside, you know, just make something up, you know, the Akashic Records or something, and could reprogram himself to get through, or some bollocks like that, you know. Or, yeah, I mean, bearing in mind the fact that Ant-Man exists and it's their explanation for everything else, that he'd managed to, you know, network the uh, Mind Stone from his universe into the, the quantum realm or something. Waffle, 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 now he can go from universe to universe. People would have just gone, yeah, all right, cool. I mean, the quantum thing is literally their answer for everything. The third Ant-Man and the Wasp movie is literally called Quantumania because quantum is the answer for everything. And, you know, then you can it leave really the abilities as where they are. You know, don't need to worry about them. Just forget them. Then. We've, we've, we've done with that. That was done. No more Infinity Stones. Or yeah, at least, it really is going to be interesting because we, we've been, we're obviously saying the multiverse is very important to the future of the MCU. But the quantum realm sort of serves a very similar purpose. Like, if, uh, because they've used it for time travel in the proper MCU, and then if you count Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they've used it for dimension hopping, um, then they basically serve the same exact purpose. I'm very curious how they're going to reconcile these two things if they're going to end up colliding as the same thing with Kang, who has opened up the multiverse with Loki, but is the villain of Quantumania, or what. I'm just... I'm so... I'm so confused as to what they're playing actually. I mean, it is it is theoretically possible um, that they could suffer from Matrix sequelitis, which is like everybody loves the Matrix. We know this, and everybody's less keen on the two films that followed it. But my sincere belief is that the reason that they're less keen on the films that follow it is because. Yeah, so what happened in the, the Matrix sequels was, and I, I sincerely believe this, that they got to a point where they were tossing about much more complicated philosophical concepts, um, and they'd gone, you know, beyond good and evil, as it were. Um, but then they, they couldn't articulate that in a language of action cinema properly, and and they, it didn't, you know, they just weren't ready to do that. And I have to wonder at this stage whether they've gone, yeah, let's do Kang and the multiverse. And this could be the first time we see some wheels come off because now trying to keep a sort of steady head about what's in universe, what's out of universe, which universe we talk about anyway, is a big job. And 
uh, it turns out, and not only that, but I think it's a job that, however big you think it is, it turns out to be just a little bit bigger than that. Um, and the, the sort of their struggle to contain, as it were, to like essentially, it's been a struggle to just keep it acceptable. Don't put a foot wrong. You know, that's all it is. Just keep going. One foot in front of the other and just, just keep going. Might be at odds, like, because, you know, I mean, the multiverse can't be underwhelming, can it? I mean, it, you know, it could, but we wouldn't like that. Um, and I think that could be a serious problem. But then the other thing is that they've kind of now put all their, you know, under the cloth, they're promising us wait until the multiverse really gets going folks the the floodgates are about to open and wow you're going to be impressed and yep and we yeah. have spider-man for that or we have dr strange and the multiverse of madness for that which is wild to think about one of those films will be the big one because i mean here's the thing technically so, I would say technically, Doctor Strange, the first one, introduced the multiverse in a way that's different from what we expected to be on. Where they showed several different universes, but they're all like super weird and or non-corporeal, just very strange things happening. Um, like, they don't represent anything the human mind sees as normal. Um, we had it uh, hinted at in WandaVision. We had it played with a little bit in Loki. Uh, now we have What If, which is an animated version of it. Uh, but we don't know what to think about it for the greater MCU yet. And now we have Spider-Man coming up where we're potentially being promised that it will be a wildly multiversal story. And then we have Doctor Strange, who's it's right in the title, multiversal. And then again, Agents of Shield has actively done it too, and I think Runaways, but it doesn't it doesn't matter at this point. They're not really part of it. Well I and I, I mean let's not forget uh that I don't when is Quantumania meant to come out? Is it next year? We have like five next movies next year. Wait, next year we have... I think... I think so? Let me look real quick. Um, yeah, because uh, Love and Thunder's due out next year. Uh, yeah. And then we got uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yes. I'm uncertain uh, as to the oh, order no. of the other titles. Mania isn't until February of 2023. Right, okay. So we still have a couple... We still have a whole calendar year. But that's really weird because... Or to a certain extent, because although we don't know what's going to happen, you know, uh, in all the other movies, plus... I mean, the, all of the stuff they've just announced... Do before then, too. Yeah, well, all of the stuff they've announced about um, telev Marvel television series, of which, uh, you know, scheduling and project kicking off of which uh, Star Wars can only dream. Uh, I mean, I, I think they're genuinely looking that by 2023, 
there's some form of new Marvel thing just about every week of the year because they damn near managed it this year. We've got a couple of dry weeks now and then we've got the Eternals and another dry week but then we started on Hawkeye and Hawkeye's running and Dennis uh, Spider-Man you know and that's it that's that's the year do you know what I mean um, yeah, we have we got three more like you said we got three more projects this year and then next year we're gonna be off the wall because there's five movies and then I don't even know how many shows I think no, to a certain extent, I don't think they know how many shows. They don't have any shows. No, either. I don't think they do either. <laughs> because because they've just greenlit this Agatha show. I mean, and right. don't right while well, we're here, I'll tell you this. So, so Victoria Alonso, who was recently uh, promoted to president of Marvel Studios, uh, she was on a interview with an Argentinian radio station where she confirmed that they currently have at least 31 different projects in some sort of development. Yeah, and that, what I was going to say was, let's not forget um, that we had that uh, side project that is simultaneously, oh yeah, totally out of universe. But then, of course, we're about to introduce a multiverse, so... Uh, so, so really, it's just in another really weird universe. I am, of course, talking about Patton Oswalt's Modoc project, right. and I don't think that was poorly received. Did you watch that? I haven't yet. I had to get rid of Hulu just before it came out. Uh, and I just haven't. Uh, it yeah, you you're unfortunate enough to so be. I want to watch those... Why the Last Man as well. Yeah, you you uh, you're unfortunate enough to be one of those in one of those parts of the world. We don't have Hulu, and I don't think they're ever going to sort that out. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're not because Disney have kind of just we're not going to sort that out. So we get this thing called yeah. Star, which is part yeah, of Disney Plus. So we just got right. so for me the experience was very synergistic. We just got you know ten episodes of Modoc dumped. You know, some of them in line with Loki. I think the first couple in line with the last episodes of um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that really covered the gap. So it was like WandaVision, week off. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Modoc starts like just at the end of that. That covers the gap to Loki. Loki comes along. Uh, Modoc finishes sometime in the Loki run. Uh, somewhere in all of that, we get finally get Black Widow, and then there's a few weeks gap, and then What If starts. I mean, they've literally there's the, the, you know over half of the weeks in the year have had some form of new Marvel content in them, uh, you know, on the on Disney Plus in the cinema wherever it is. And that's that's literally you know what they've done this year. So the suggestion that they might be coming up, and and I think they're very much keen on things like Modoc being a success. Obviously not that keen that they'd actually put it on Disney Plus everywhere. But hey, you can't have everything, I guess. Um, and I think if they if they could get more of those low key, haha, not low key, but low key uh, projects that would be great for them because it would mean well we don't have to make everything an event in that sense and then some people are going to really like this niche content but i really the modoc was was you know just great it was just uh very light and fluffy and just uh, a completely different take on everything 
um, and 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 just you know filled the you know filled in that little gap for me. So that was that was great. Um, so yeah, and and this is exactly the point. I mean, then you've got when you know you take a writing room and say, hey, you know what this multiverse thing means? This multiverse thing means that um, you know Modoc is now more or less canonical. I mean, it exists parallel to our you know our main. Our sacred timeline, yes, but Modoc is over here. Uh, if we don't want, if if we surmise that, um, you know, Agents of Shield may have gone slightly off to the left, maybe into a branch, it's still there. It's very close, even if it's not, you know. And all of this stuff. I mean, there's stuff they're talking about. Oh well, this will come in, and then you know, there's the bit in in Multiverse of Madness where Doctor Strange. Gets trapped and has to have five hours of random conversations, which are good and evil, Nevin and Hell, while I, wearing. I would give so much money to see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they would. Sold out. I mean, not so much four episodes her. It ran out because she didn't have anything to do. And at the end of the day, you know, just being a fascinating screen presence can only take you so far right. before you actually have to write something as well. That's true. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Doctor Strange popping in on... Uh, Popping in on the uh, Daredevil, the, you know, the Defenders verse, just to have an, an argument in a room followed by a fight in a corridor, you know? Uh, well, and, like, and, uh, I mean, I wouldn't... Sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I wouldn't class out, actually, for in all seriousness, that the Multiverse of Madness wouldn't have a stop-motion section where he goes to the Modoc verse, because that's something I think they're actually quite proud of and would completely blow people's minds. Just, you know... It doesn't have to be much. You could just pop in, look at Modoc, or what the hell is going on, and then pop to another universe, and people would be cheering. You know, no, I agree. Know. And I think the coolest thing they could probably do with the multiverse of Madness is not just bring in characters from other iterations of these films and shows, but that we've that we've seen over the years. But like you just said, like have him stop in other universes where it's a different style as well like stop motion for modok or maybe pops into uh something animated like i don't know something x-men animated series or uh, uh what was it why can't i think of the spider-man movie with miles Morales? into the spider-verse um or even cooler make uh have a mentor emotion uh, here's my uh, here's my pitch for the ultimate uh, spin out for people in the uh, in the multiverse of madness. You know, just it would take way too long. I'm so I'm sure that this is not part of their plan. But you know, Doctor Strange for some reason has to get some artifact from like on the the sewers under New York City in the universe he currently happens to be occupying. Which point he runs into Ray Stevenson's iteration of the Punisher. They get into a fight with someone who blasts them into another universe and uh, get rescued by the Dolph Lundgren iteration. I can't work the Thomas Jane iteration into the Punisher into that ridiculous sequence of events at all. 
but uh, if only I mean it would be I mean that would be kind of and the John Berthold if we could have four Punishers in one place that would lead to some hijinks they could could do the Spider-Man meme but with Punisher yeah exactly I mean just it's the fact that you're instead of pointing pointing fingers at each other they're pointing guns yeah well it's the fact that you know We've only just seen this joke done with with Spider Man in uh, you know in, in No Way Home, so everybody have that fresh in their mind. And the idea that you could do the same thing with Punisher is just like uh, okay then. Um, so yeah, I, I just you know enter the Punisher verse. Um, you know, it, it, it's just it's just one of those things. Uh, clearly, the, the problem with it is that uh, I mean t- it does feel a little bit now that I come to talk about. It, that the grounds for Doctor Strange's multiverse of madness are so rich that maybe it would have been better. And as well as which, the the number of iterations of things, you know, that have been done in, you know, Marvel-wise across, you know, the lifespan of its television projects and, uh, you know, comic projects and so on and so yeah, cartoon rather, cartoon projects and so on, animated projects, is so broad that actually it, it does feel a little bit like you 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 know could have done like an eight part series and and it wouldn't even have cost that much because of course many of these projects are kind of televisual um right i think you know, loki was technically that uh well sort of but uh, i think Loki's well the point about yeah loki was loki was more uh Loki's more your primer. The audience is primer. This is the thing. The Marvel grand scheme, never mind the one sacred timeline, the Marvel grand scheme for getting the audience softened up for all this stuff. I mean, that is what's crazy to me because I was going to say, hey, you know, we still, to this day, with the release date being, what, less than a month away, don't really know that much. We All we know about the Eternals is la, 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 classy cinematography, uh, sort of Wuxia uh, style costumes and a run half run out runtime second only to Endgame, yeah. like the only Marvel movie that's longer than Eternals is, and that means that 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 com- that trailer that shows us nothing really shows us nothing because we got nothing, which leads yep. me to suppose that in fact what we're doing is the Eternals may ramp into the multiverse. Which then gets like, you know, the jump off happens in No Way Home. And then by the time you get to the Multiverse of Madness, we're in full flight. And what's really worrying about that is that Kang is the actual villain of Quantumania, which doesn't land for another calendar year after that. So it's going to be a crazy year ahead. Because they could, Um, they could introduce a, uh, I think he was... Ramatut, or was he Tutankhamun? He was a pharaoh, which they could show. Uh, they could also set up mutants if they wanted to, because canonically, uh, I think Eternals did help facilitate mutants. Or was it great? But it's going to be very interesting how they use uh, Eternals to set up future projects. Like, because, yeah. you know, I've said this before. I don't mind when stories are just that. They're just stories that don't have to be important to the broader universe of, of uh, that they're part of. 
but that's what Marvel does. You got to get used to it. So I'm really curious how what they're going to do to set it up. Being is it going to be multiversal? Is it going to be mutants? Is it going to be cosmic? Is it going to be all three? I'm very curious. And I have to say, I think that when you view it in that little big picture way, the What If animated series is really no more than, you know, an hors d'oeuvre. It's the stars that, you know, we haven't even begun the entree yet. Um, and yeah. indeed, in uh, true sort of uh, true restaurant fashion, they're living, leaving us now with this few weeks of pause before the Eternals uh, drops. Although, one thing we do need to remember, and it, a lot of the questions we have, uh, I'm, I think we'll get we'll get answers for sooner than we hope. Because one, this is something that we can forget as well. The original slate for the first half of Phase Four, if not all of Phase Four, as far as the movies go, was a totally, completely different than what it was It's always going to start with Black Widow, but I think Eternals was supposed to come in. Then Shang-Chi, then Doctor Strange. And since COVID happened, uh, it is morphed into a completely separate uh, order than it used to be. Even Black Panther had to get, and Guardians had to get pushed back for various unfortunate things. So uh, I'm curious if they're still keeping their original creative plans, but just bringing I, light in different orders. I so feel that the I feel that I feel that Black Widow, I think, is just stayed almost entirely the same as it yeah. as it ever was. That is, just, I mean, it was kind of already done. It was the least changeable one. It really just served a character purpose not really a, you know. uh, Shang-Chi was, was very much its own project all, all along so you know there may have been a couple of nips and tucks but I do not think that they largely changed that one either but I think it is key to consider one we don't know anything about the Eternals we never did and we still really don't per se um, like originally, it was supposed to be an Inhumans movie, and then that got. Confused. Well, of course, that was the yes. Then, of course, Inhumans did what it did, which I've still not seen, and cannot bring myself to put my eyes in no. the direction of. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I didn't. I've read that first run of Inhumans comics, and I, I you know, I'm not a fan to Watch begin it with. If you want to be a complete, if not, yeah. Um, so yeah, so but. but I think it is kind of telling that um, that it has this enormous runtime, and I, I'm I'm thinking, well, they've never done you know this, and it, it's kind of a different type of project altogether for them in the first place. And it's not a, a you know it's not too much to say that it's actually a barrier to entry, like Shang Chi, hour and a half. I could nip off to the cinema. Two hours later, I was home. And I know that to go and see the, the Eternals, I'm going to be nipping off and then not being home for like three, three and a half hours. Yeah, it's going to be a full uh, evening. Yeah, and, and, and it, so I My think they've got... <laughs> I think they've got... 
bladder achage aside, I think they've, they've, they've they're definitely, you know, like weirdly, uh, it is true. Like it seems silly to remember this now, but Shang Chi was a risk. It was a risk to them for several reasons. Um, like, and and that's why there was so much dancing in the street when the risk turned out not to be the case. But what's really weird is they're following up, you know. I mean, at least they got their nice Spider-Man dessert, you know. It's like, well, there we go, that's Spider-Man. We're not going to be able to keep people out of the cinemas to watch that one. But Eternals really is. Wow. I mean, it's going to be... Eternals is the first theory, is the first one in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Where like, I don't know what to think about this if they're even going to pull it off, like... But I mean, the thing about this is the thing, though. Guardians of the Galaxy dropped that uh, dropped that com- that uh, trailer that had Rocket standing on Groot's shoulders. That's it. That That's shot That's where they're spinning around and the raccoons firing the massive gun. And you're like, well, whatever film that shot is in, pretty much have to go and see that. Eternals has not given us that one bit, one tiny iota. They've given us like. Essentially, the Eternals trailer, yeah, is sort of like the Dune trailer. Difference being that people have David Lynch's Dune to look back on, and in fact, Dune right. book. So they kind. It doesn't matter that the Dune commercial, a uh, Dune trailer, is sort of a. This is a mood thing to a certain extent. I mean, the one thing that really sticks in your mind about the Dune commercial. Okay, why do we keep calling it the trailer? The Dune trailer. Uh, yeah, the trailer is, is a commercial. A trailer is a commercial. But the one thing that sticks in my mind about that trailer is uh, the bit where they sort of they sh- they really have shown. Hey, here's um, here's Paul talking to Duncan. Notice how Paul is a teeny tiny little waifish adolescent, and how Duncan is Jason Momoa. That's what it's supposed <laughs> to look like, people. Not Carl McLaughlin and his equally beefy kind of uh, anonymous guy. Yeah. That right. the reason that relationship felt a bit weird in that David Lynch movie was not because of David Lynch. It's just because it's not meant to look like that. It's meant to look like the Jason Momoa wapish teenager thing, hero worship, and all of that. Right. Get it? And it's like okay. And then the rest of the trailer is like Dune, 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 Dune. Dune. Paul and Duncan look like this. Dune, 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 Dune. I mean, I, I don't want to say that Villeneuve found that casting in Lynch's original irritating beyond all belief, but the trailer speaks for itself. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. But yeah, so, I mean, but to get back to it, Eternals and Dune, very much one is Dune, 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 and the other one is Eternals, Eternals, Eternals. The difference being, people know kind of what Dune is, and don't know what the Eternals is, and even if you've read Eternal stuff, like I think Neil G- isn't one of the few things Neil Gaiman did for uh, for uh, Marvel was a, a run on the Eternals. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, and I read it was fine. But yeah, I mean, if you've read that, you are likely to be no less confused by this. So that right. doesn't really help at all. So yeah, so there we go. So that's what it is. Essentially, uh, then to sum up uh, what What If has told us, it's that 
things this year started off with like blimey that's a lot of marvel stuff have now got to a point of well that was a thing that happened i mean that's the problem what if kind of brings you to this point of yeah that was an animated series that had did, did kind of what it said on the tin and then went a bit curly towards the end uh and and now we're heading into the unknown uh it's a it's an audacious uh audience journey um yeah you know and Mar- what is getting the... into this into this thing where their third act has to be loud bombastic fight yeah uh they're not always pulling it off except for loki that was a just a conversation which worked and didn't work in Yes, but I I will, I'll, I'll, I'll round up the conversation there with uh, uh, many years ago, uh, my co-host on 80s Kids, Ian. In fact, I mean, I say many years ago to this day, but it's one of those fandoms that's gone kind of quiet. He was a big into the Legacy of Kane series of video games. Uh, and one of the things that attracted him onto this franchise was the fact that uh, for a, a good couple of games back there, you would uh, fight your way through the level and then you would have uh, you know a metal gear-esque cutscene where the person you're trying to get to uh, and you have a long conversation about the nature of immortality and good and evil and time in the past and, and the future and you know what time travel does and how the vampiric uh, condition warps you and demons and stuff and then they don't have a fight and you go to the next level and fight your way towards someone else he's like he called them boss conversations and i'm like yeah where are you now he, he actually cancelled disney plus after we finished watching mando season two he's like, oh, i don't really watch anything and they've seen nothing i'm like you need to see that end of loki that's a boss conversation if ever i saw one um so there we go that that's i think that's uh, probably the thing but yeah you're right if ever there was i mean bearing in mind the excellent groundwork that that sets you'd have thought that what if could also afford to say hey do you know what why don't we not have some random super team beating seven bells out of some uber villain with an infinity gauntlet no less uh, or variation thereof uh, and yet that's exactly what they did uh, which is possibly one of the reasons underlying why they managed to be both confusing and underwhelming. So, uh, oh dear, there we go. But uh, I'm sure that we shall we shall have better times ahead for next time. Uh, we will I be will moving say, on to... Yeah? Oh, I will say, say last say? thoughts for what if. Last positive thoughts for what if for me. Um, I have a huge crush on, a- on uh, Captain Car- Carter. Thinks he's great. I already loved Agent Carter. He's just awesome as well uh this year has made me a black widow fan between the movie and this show which i never expected to have and i did enjoy most of the, the cast yes well i enjoy i enjoy thor the dark world so it's not gonna let anything get spoiled but i'm just like yeah you i think to be fair it's the first time i've seen them drop a ball because even with dark world i'm like what well, what else were they gonna do it's like well they could have right. done a lot of things but honestly, I'm not 100% sure what. And I've got no serious notes about, you know, I've got notes about, well, if you're going to do this crazy mashup of Star Wars and Norse mythology, 
you could have made it a bit more exciting not sure how that's the point i'm not like but i mean i can definitely say just doing infinity stones again i felt just now that i come to say it it's like and you have a team a super team fighting some guy with some infinity stones and even in that episode actually i was thinking what we're missing here is the moment where someone turns up with all the portals and then you have an army you know that didn't happen of course but i mean and that's the thing it's like oh this is a bit of a rerun which is weird because like because you know it's meant to be the multiverse it's supposed to be more exciting not like the last thing but on the cheap so yeah all right anyway we've got to move on and i've got to say uh, if you want to catch up with uh well, all things Geek Towers, then uh, we have a Facebook group, uh, Facebook groups forward slash geek hyphen towers. Uh, we have uh, a radio station, which is currently most easily accessed via the 80skids.blogspot.com, and there's a radio player right there. I can be found in various places on the internet. Uh, recently dabbling back in Twitch at Eno M. Coney, E N O M K O N E Y, uh, because I like a complicated Twitch name, but that's where you can find me. Derek, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kazakun Forever, A A Z E K U N Forever. Uh, talk a lot about their on different about different stuff, repost a lot, that kind of stuff. But currently, must have got a bit crowded for you just the other day. I understand. You what? Must right, have got crowded for you in Twitter the other day. You know, when uh, Facebook, Instagram, and the other one took a holiday. Hey, we're just uh, taking a nap. I would okay that that day I was so mad because I was in the middle of a conversation with someone on Facebook comments when the app went down and I thought my phone was acting up because it does that every now and then uh, especially lately and I was so mad for like three hours and then finally someone told me that Facebook and Instagram was down rolled down like oh okay it's not my fault so obviously I went to Twitter because like eh, nothing else to do. Uh, and suddenly that app stopped working and found out so it became inflated uh, from everyone else doing the exact same thing. Sure. It was... So, yeah. To be fair, everyone thought, like, when I first went, oh, what's gone wrong with my broadband? Because the thought that Facebook could just take a nap doesn't really occur to many people. Uh, but I'm sure that it occurs to a lot of people that the geeks at the round table can take a nap, and indeed we do. Although, uh, you know, because of time zones at different times. I'm about to take my nap, but Derek, I think, is not going to be able to yeah, nap for several go. hours after this. <laughs> I gotta move a bunch of heavy stuff upstairs and up more stairs. Well, just look at it as preparation for that heavy nap. Uh, and with that bombshell, we shall take our leave. Good night, everyone. All right. Today's show contained portions of audio taken from Bandcamp artists and used under a Creative Commons license. They are entropyaudio.bandcamp.com, Lee Rosevear, 
www.bandcamp.com.